This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Friday, May 7th. Championship Eve for men's volleyball. Great to have you with us. I am Jim Jordan, teamed up with the man who can tell you exactly the last time he dunked a basketball, Jason Shepard. Caveat, I assume we're talking about regulation 10-foot rim. Because I do Whatever know, you want it to be. Because if that's, if that's the thing, I, I know exactly the last time I did it. It will be the first time that I do it oh, because nice. I have never done it. Yeah, I never dunked. Been able to touch the rim back yeah. in the day, which yeah. I thought I was. Turns Cougars. I thought Go. I was doing it better than being able to touch the rim. Yeah. But, yeah, never been able to dunk a basketball on a regulation uh, hoop. I never dunked a basketball. I dunked a volleyball when I was a sophomore in high school, and then I never just never got better, you know, at the uh, whole vertical thing. You know who can dunk, though? One Gavin Baxter. Now, remember, he uh, sustained a serious injury, right? Was it Achilles? I'm trying to remember. He, uh, he dunked yesterday. So uh, he tweeted at Mark Durant. He's like, hey, Mark Durant, when's the last time you did this? I'm not sure why he's picking on Mark, but I like it. <laughs> I do so, enjoy when Mark gets called out a little bit. It's does fun. Gavin, does, how high does Gavin have to jump? Not to, much, clearly. Because his arms are like seven feet long. I mean, like, it, it's essentially like a little hop. Is this easy? It's not even a dunk. I, I mean, jump, we, it's a hop. Yeah, I love Gav. Are we to be impressed by this? <laughs> he, he's, very, he's 6'9". He has a seven foot two wingspan. Did he? Was it a twelve-inch vertical thing? There? Anyway, uh, good to see Gavs progressing. Yes, and uh, excited about his senior year coming up next year. Okay, here's our show lineup. Listen, let's go. News on Matt Harm's decision, reportedly, what it could mean. Plus, I have an update on it. Men's volleyball headed to the Natty. We'll chat with Coach Sean Olmstead from Columbus, Ohio. Discuss. If it's championship or bust for BYU men's volleyball. You know what would have been even better, though, since they are in Ohio? Yeah. If they were The going, Ohio? No, the Ohio. Didn't you if, serve your mission there? Uh, Cleveland, yes. Yeah. So if, uh, if they were playing for the Natty yeah. in, in the Natty. In the Natty. But that's when it would have been It's not really in cool. Cincinnati. Yeah, it's not. It's close. It's in the same state. Plus, cross-country and track coach Diljeet Taylor from Tracktown USA. Eugene, Oregon, as the Cougars prepare for a massive meet at the heralded Hayward Field. If you haven't seen pictures of this place, do yourself a favor. Google it. It's unbelievable. It's unreal. Uh, but here, first, are today's headlines, Jason. How about we start things off with one Zachary Wilson. Heard of him. Making his New York Jets debut today as part of a three-day rookie minicamp. Wilson will participate in seven-on-seven drills as well as positional and individual workouts. Also with the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. They made it official signing 10 undrafted free agents. That would include former Cougar offensive lineman Tristan Hodge. Zach looked good in the Jets helmet. Yes, that he green kind of... It suits him well. Yeah, it looked nice. Men's volleyball beats Lewis in four sets to advance to the program's eighth national championship match. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, 17 kills, hit 364, two aces. He is only a couple of aces away from the record now at BYU. Davide Gardini, Zach Eschenberg, pace the Cougars with 11 kills each. BYU plays top seed Hawaii tomorrow night, 8 Eastern on ESPNU for the national championship. Baseball won its sixth 
game in a row last night. That is a new season high. Beating San Diego 6-4 in 10 innings to take game one of the three-game series. Andrew Pintar, what a night. Woo. Hit two home runs, including the go-ahead two-run homer in the top of the 10th. He also had a triple game two tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU Radio, uh, as well as BYUCougars.com and the BYU Cougars app. Big win, baby. According to several reports, Matt Harms will not return to BYU Hoops next year. Harms was the West Coast Conference Defensive Player of the Year in one season as a grad transfer, averaging 11 points a game. However, I have been told that that decision is not final. So uh, perhaps he's gone, perhaps he's not. We will discuss more coming up. Softball hits the road today for a doubleheader at Santa Clara. Game one begins at 7 p.m. Eastern time. The series will wrap up tomorrow afternoon. Game three at 4 Eastern. The WCC has announced its all-West Coast Conference tennis teams, highlighted by Sean Hill as a first-team all-West Coast Conference singles player. In total, the Cougars had six players named. Congratulations. Men and women's track and field will compete at two separate events this weekend. The distance runners will participate in the Oregon Twilight in Eugene today. The sprint, hurdle, and jump squads will be at the ward Halet Invitational in Manhattan, Kansas, today and tomorrow. Coach Diljeet Taylor will join us on the show in about 35 minutes. Part of the group won that battle. <laughs> All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by Tim Daly Ford. So are we. It's What's Trending, a BYU sports nation. Presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. So as mentioned, Matt Harms reportedly not returning to BYU, although I'm told that decision isn't final quite yet. If Harms isn't on the team, what does that mean for the team and the bigs, Jason? Look, um, let's go under the mindset. Okay, we know it, things are not official. Let's just say for the sake of argument that it's leaning maybe more towards him not being back. That's what I, it seems like. Yeah, that's that's what it seems like. And and that's basically what it seemed like once the season ended. He said, I'm because done. I'm done. Yeah, so yeah. I, that's, I think, what you look at. To me, the biggest surprise was always going to be him returning for those reasons that we just mentioned. So I, I don't know if things changed very much. Here's the other part about it. Look, th- there was some optimism when he posted on Instagram, about, hey, still weighing my options. You thought, okay, well, you're usually not going to put something out there like that if you've, kinda, if you've closed the door. So it gave people hope. He and Alex Barcelo were at the BYU baseball game last week, so they're still around. Like, okay, this is looking good. Look, I, I don't know if things changed too much in terms of what Coach Pope and the staff ultimately want to do. Even if Harms comes back, it's not going to count towards the scholarship. So you're still going to have roster spots that you're going to have to fill. And you can always use a big guy because, you know, a guy like Wyatt Lowell is in the transfer portal, guys like that. So I, I don't. Have a wing, but yeah. yeah but I, I don't think that it changes the mindset of what this team was going into the offseason looking for. I think they were still looking for another big. So I don't know if it ultimately changes things very much because I think the plan was already set in motion in terms of looking for other bigs that can come into the program, whether it's for a year or two or for long term. So I, I don't know if it changes it very much. If you get him back, certainly that is a, that is a bonus. And having a guy like that back on the roster – is nothing but a good thing. I would take the West Coast Conference Defensive Player of the Year back in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Absolutely, I agree. Veteran presence uh, has been to multiple NCAA tournaments. I would love to have Matt Harms back. Matt, come back, man. Come back, man. It'd be nice. Um, And like you said, it wouldn't count against the 13 scholarships. So if he doesn't come back, you lose a veteran presence, a shot blocker in the middle. But let's look at the bigs that are returning to BYU this year. 
Gavin Baxter, we've already seen him dunk on the program today. Richard Harward and his mustache. Atiki Ali Atiki, uh, uh, Rob, a talented uh, player from uh, Tanzania via Canada. Fuse, uh, Fusene Traude, Caleb Lohner, Gideon George is sort of these three fours. So it sounds like BYU might want one more dude. We know they're recruiting uh, other bigs, and that's where the genesis of this report comes is, hey, uh, the BYU coaches have told, you know, one big in particular, a grad transfer potentially that, uh, or I can't remember if it's grad transfer, but a transfer that, hey, Matt Harms isn't coming back potentially. That's one report. I, I'm not sure BYU needs another guy, but if they get a capable guy, absolutely, because Baxter is a proven defender and rebounder, but not scorer. Richard Harward, I would pencil in as the starter at five until we have someone better, uh, if someone better. Atiki Ali Atiki, freshman. Uh, Traude. Coming off the bench, freshman. Loner's a starter. Gorgeous. George is probably a starter as well. Um, but they're not fives. They're kind of three-slash-fours. So, yeah, I would love to have Matt back, but if he's not back, I like who BYU has uh, in the mix. Certainly, Caleb Loner to me, is going to make the biggest jump of anybody from last season to this season. I, I think he's going to contend for an all-conference position. And as a junior, I think he will do that. Caleb uh, Lohner if, could, if be the face, could be the face of this program. He's the hair of the program right now. <laughs> sure. At, at least. Certainly, yeah. certainly that. So but Caleb talented, right? has that type of yes. potential that he could be the face of this program for the next couple of seasons. Absolutely. And then Gideon George continued to evolve, had a tremendous showing at Portland last year, and then got better as the season went along. Remember, the season kind of changed when BYU went to Loner and George in yeah. the starting lineup, and then they rode that uh, you know, the rest of the way. So we'll see if BYU gets another big. They're going after one. Let's see who else they get. I, there are some people who are concerned about, hey, why hasn't BYU signed anybody yet? There is, because of the one-time transfer exception, there is so much talent in the transfer portal. All it takes is one or two that will make a difference, by the way. So the fact that BYU is in the final whatevers for whoever, like it's exciting, and I know a lot of these guys have gone to other places. Guess what? BYU is going to land a dude or two that are going to make a difference, and it can happen later in the game than normal with this one-time exception. Well, and I, and I think I hope I'm giving the proper credit where credit is due. I believe it was in Dick Harmon's piece in the Deseret News where he had referenced that when the season ended, the coaching staff had had really kind of narrowed it down to about 20 guys that they looked at in terms of guys that would fit into the system and fit into the program. So. Just like you said, there are, there are guys. That, they didn't just you know focus in on one or two guys and say, well, if it's it's this or bust. That was not the situation. They were able to look and kind of survey the landscape of guys that are available and say, this is a group of maybe up to twenty guys that could fit and help us. So there's there will be ample opportunities for BYU and this coaching staff to be able to go out and find somebody to bring in, whether it is a big, whether it is another point guard. Well, it has to be a point I mean, yes. guard at least. Whether it's another wing. Alex Barcelo yes. is an interesting yes, question. Yes, we still don't know about we Alex. Don't, we don't know his decision. I would love for Alex to come back as well. I think we all would, right? Um, so we, we're waiting that decision. And again, it doesn't count against the 13 scholarships. But if BYU doesn't have Alex Barcelo, they have to get a transfer who plays point guard. Have to. Like a double-digit scorer. Well, and guy. they've obviously been tied to a lot of point guards in yes. you know, reports that are out there. And that decision, I, I imagine, will weigh on you know, uh, the recruitment of said point guard. So imagine, it, it's tough to balance all that. Not to mention, obviously, Mark Pope was a candidate for some jobs, right? Um, don't, don't be shocked if Mark 
Pope went out and interviewed with someone just to see. Um, you know, but Mark is the coach at BYU, and it doesn't look like he's going anywhere. I'm not, I'm not alluding to any formality anywhere, but it's the offseason. He's led BYU to what would have been two NCAA tournaments. Like, he's a hot commodity. All right, topic number two, men's volleyball. I know you're pumped. Speaking of hot commodity, how about this? Men's volleyball playing in the national championship game tomorrow night against Hawaii Cougars. They've been here before. Unfortunately, it has not worked out in recent history. So we touched on this just a little bit yesterday. But now is it championship or bust for BYU men's volleyball? Now that they've made it and that they're in the game, it's now official they're there. It is. Yeah, it's national championship or bust. The, the, it would be disappointing if BYU doesn't win tomorrow. Yeah, this is going to be a heavyweight fight with Hawaii. So there's been a two-year buildup to this moment, Jason. In fact, three years. Let's go back to 2019. Hawaii came into the Smithfield House on an NCAA record set streak where they had not lost even a set. And the conversation with a, a freshman, Davide Gardini, and a sophomore, Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, was, will BYU even win a set off Hawaii? They did not. Fast forward to 2020 last year. Number two BYU at number one Hawaii. There was an epic buildup. Like both were 17 and 0 or close thereof. Uh, BYU goes to Honolulu and plays what I called at the time the greatest match ever played in BYU history. BYU hit 601 and three. It was unbelievable. Can BYU summon that um, performance? Because the next night BYU lost in five, got reverse swept, and lost 1917 in extras. This is what volleyball fans have been waiting for. The two Titans meeting for the national championship. Two years worth. Two years worth. And BYU trying to snap a 17-year national championship streak. I get emotional thinking about what this could mean. If BYU loses, it's going to be extremely disappointing. And the rhetoric will be, oh, BYU can't win the big one. But if BYU wins it with this group of seven seniors, it'll be a really, really, really special moment. I can appreciate why we are asking the question because, especially for a program like BYU that has the capability of winning a national championship every year for the most part, you know what I mean, and that they have been in this position before, I understand why we are asking the question because the goal going into the season is always to win a title. I just cannot go all the way to it being a bust of a season if they don't win it. Still getting There's to the a middle ch- ground. Yeah. Still getting yeah, to yeah. the champ disappointing? Absolutely. Yes, it will be disappointing if they don't win. But I just can't take that step towards saying going to the national championship game and losing means the season was a bust. Yeah, I just I, I get I can't that. get there with that. I understand why we're asking and I understand how you could take that question in in and, and change it a little bit because there's probably some gray areas there. But if we're just focusing on is it, is it championship or bust, I, I just can't go there because it is still an unbelievable accomplishment to be able to get to the national championship. I understand everything you just said in terms of, you know, the program being looked at is where you can get there, but can you win it? I, I completely understand. That's why it's even more important, you know, and it will be exciting when they can shut all those people up by winning the national championship. Look, and I fully expect them to do that tomorrow. But I, I just can't go where it, if they don't, the season is a bust. Yeah, and it's not quite that uh, polarity for sure. Uh, but it, it, it's going to be fun, man. And I'm stoked out of my mind for this one because it's going to be a great match. Hawaii's really good. Yeah. Hawaii's really good. I'm not sure BYU can have much of a better team, by the way. Realistically, BYU has the best setter from last year. 
not they didn't win these awards this year, but best setter, best outside hitter, best opposite. How, best how, broadcaster. <laughs> Thank you. You're nice. <laughs> uh, our question of the day. Is it championship or bust for BYU men's volleyball? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. You disarmed me really well right there. <laughs> <laughs> Benjamin D. Nelson. Paul Sunderland was like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, that, that'd be fun. <laughs> Benjamin D. Nelson, huge volleyball fan. I want to say yes, but I'm also just grateful we have a program who's made it to the final four six of the last eight seasons. We're bound to win it again eventually, but really hoping it's this Saturday. Yeah, there's so much joy in the journey with this team. There really is, right? Um, Josh Summerhays on Twitter. This team has five All-Americans, says everybody back from a team that likely was going to win it last year. That said, they do seem like the underdog in this one. Had some lapses yesterday. Got to tighten up the screws. Go Cougs. I'm telling you, BYU is better than Hawaii by a hair. Like, the team... Let, think about what happened last year. BYU dominated night one, barely lost in five in night two. BYU was the better team in program, and that was the understanding. Yet, yet I understand that Hawaii is amazing. I just think BYU is a little more amazing. Yeah, we'll, we'll I, see it look, play out tomorrow night. I, like I said, I am expecting BYU to win the national championship tomorrow. I yeah, I I have a lot of emotions. Yes, um, thinking about what that could be like tomorrow night. All right, coming up, a yearbook photo from Hillcrest High School's best. This is great. Football says it goes. And Sean Olmstead from Columbus. How does BYU beat Hawaii in the national championship? Tomorrow we'll discuss. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. To get ready for BYU Volleyball versus Hawaii in the National Championship, check out a new episode of Over the Top with Jerem Jordan and Steve Ale tomorrow on BYU Radio, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We are in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. And yes, BYU Men's Volleyball in the National Championship game tomorrow against Hawaii. It's the top two seeds. It's a heavyweight fight. It's a rematch of what happened last year in Honolulu where BYU split with the Rainbow Warriors before the pandemic hit. It is going to be awesome. And now let's go to Columbus on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline to talk to the head coach of the BYU Cougars, Sean Olmstead, making his third appearance in a national championship match in five opportunities with BYU. Sean, congratulations on the semifinal win, and here we go. We're playing for the Natty. Yeah, <laughs> here we go. Yeah, yep, said it. That, that's it right there. Thank you, guys. Well, you, you played in two national championship games yourself on, on the roster, and you started in, in 1-0-4 and 0-1. Now you're going to your third. Is there some sort of expertise you can lend having coached and played in multiple now to this group? Um, no, I, you know, uh, expertise, I don't know. I think each team, I've, I've said it all along, each team is pretty unique. And so, uh, you know, we're it's hard to just say, hey, treat this like a normal match. You can't. There's so many things going around right now, like, the guys, the outside things, they, it's, it's hard to completely block all that out. And so we, we have to do the best we can do to keep it uh, another match and another opportunity. But, you know, this is, this is what this team's worked for and worked to accomplish. And the reality is there's, you know, the, some of the guys are going to feel nerves. Others aren't going to feel as many, you know, it's each athlete's different. So we do all we can to get them on the same page and, and just uh, continue to, 
to talk about, you know, what we've been working on, which is every opportunity is a chance for us to, to improve. And, and we're looking forward to that. That's what last night was. It was, an, it was a great opportunity as well. We got pushed, you know, we were able to play well. We got through, got through the ruts, you know, weathered the storm and uh, made some big plays down the stretch. So it's going to be, like you said, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty heavy matchup, a uh, big time matchup, you know, and it's, you play the sport to be in these opportunities. That's what you do. And so now here we are and we got to make the most of it. You know, Sean, it, there's in, in any sport for teams that have a lot of success and go to the postseason every year, sometimes it can feel a bit routine because you're just there year after year after year. I have to imagine, even though you have been to the national championship game many times, as Jeremy mentioned, as a player and as a coach, there's probably nothing routine about going to another national title game. No, I don't think so. Yeah, no, I mean, you you like to think, oh, it is routine. It's just clockwork, but it's really not. You know, e- again, I go back to each each group, each team is it's so unique. They're so different, and you see the dynamics of them, and and it's uh, so. I don't think there's a routine. I don't know. Maybe uh, Mike Krzyzewski at, at Duke, it's just clockwork for that guy or those guys. I don't know. But um, these are just there's, they're, they're opportunities and great experiences for these young men, and we get to be a part of them. And, and yeah, we're, we're thankful for that. This is two years in the making because last uh, year, obviously, the pandemic blows things up. But uh, even 2019, when uh, you know freshman Davide Gardini and a sophomore Gabby Garcia Fernandez and company Hawaii comes in with that big set streak and beats BYU, <laughs> the next year, right, your team grows together and you do- you play what I called the greatest volleyball match ever played in BYU history. Both undefeated, one v two at Hawaii, ten thousand fans. You guys hit six hundred and sweep the Rainbow Warriors. You you lose in five the next night in extras, and then the pandemic hits. And then you don't have a chance to play non-conference this year. And people have been waiting for this matchup. So how much of what happened last year plays into what's going to happen tomorrow night in terms of the emotional buildup, but also the scouting report? Yeah, um, obviously a ton. Because, you know, we understand that. And the press conference last night was a similar, very, very similar question. And so uh, don't blame me for just, you know, staying, hey, you know, let's stay in this. And and where are we right now? We got to we got to go serve and pass a little. We got to take care of these things to try to control the the emotional buildup. But I also can't neglect that. Hey, there's not going to be the emotions of what you just mentioned. You know, the excitement of, okay, here we go again, you know, and, and any way you want to look at it, both teams have put together uh, outstanding rosters, a body of work that, that they deserve. We deserve, you know, both teams to be in this, this moment and this opportunity. And so there's no doubt that there's going to be that, that buildup in the emotions. And I think, uh, honestly, I think the team that's going to be able to manage those appropriately are, are going to be the team that's going to be able to kind of weather the storm of the match, the ups and downs, the ups and flows uh, of a volleyball match and, and come out on top and be able to make those plays when needed. Cause that's, that's what it's setting up to be. It's going to be a back and forth, just boom, boom, boom. And one or two points is going to separate that team down the stretch. What were your takeaways from the win last night over Lewis? And in terms of adjustments from that match to now Hawaii, where do where you feel the adjustments need to be made? Um, yeah, you know, we, I, I felt we, if you look at that match, I felt we really um, kind of got some energy and, and we're, we're able to play really well with, 
off of off of their ser- their missed serves, and then I felt like they did the opposite off ours, you know. So it kind of went back and forth, and you saw the match go like that. And so we we just talked to the guys that I I, I felt there was a moment, you know. I, I can't overlook that. We we've got to recognize that and talk about it. I felt there was a moment that. Um, we, I, I wouldn't say lost a little focus, but we got a little rattled in the moment. Like, you know, kind of, we went away from all of the things that were working and had been working for these guys. And so they do a great job with, with each other and bringing each other back to the right place. And they did that and were able to regroup. And then you saw some really, really good plays down the stretch of that fourth set where, where they were doing the right things, getting more comfortable uh, back to, to where they were at the start of the match. Talking to Sean Olmstead, head coach of the BYU Cougars from Columbus, Ohio, as BYU prepares for Hawaii in the national championship match tomorrow night, 8 Eastern on ESPNU. Sean, certainly this program has been amazing for a long time. You were a part of the beginnings of that where BYU won three national championships in six years. BYU's certainly been close uh, in 13, 16, 17, of course, other uh, you know, NCAA tournament appearances in 14 and 18. And here we are in 2021 with an opportunity to snap a 17-year drought I know you want to stay in the moment, and it's the day before, but certainly there's uh, pressure and positive pressure uh, in a good way to sort of end the streak, right? So how are you trying to stay in the moment to ensure that your team can perhaps do it tomorrow night? Yeah, uh, keeping these guys occupied and and staying, uh, as you said, we've talked all year, and I say it over and over. We said it again last night in the locker room. We said it again before the match, you know, because – because I, the rumblings already started when, when, when we saw that Hawaii, not, not with our guys, but it was literally, it was from outside. You, you could just sense it. You could just see it. And it was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be BYU and Hawaii. And I was like, whoa, hold your horses here. Like Lewis is a freaking darn good team. Yeah. You know, and so we are saying with our team is be where you are, you know, be where your feet are. And I said that to the guys, I said, hey, what, what, have we, what's, what do we tell each other every single day? And Gabby's the one that spoke up, hey, be where your feet are. And I said, this is it. We're here in this match. That's where we are. So we have to do that in, in, in our prep, in our practice, in the routines, in the team activities, and, and doing, doing our best to just keep away from looking beyond. You know, you, whenever you get too far ahead of yourself, you, you're going to find yourself in a daze and just confusion because you're not in the moment and whatever that may be. So we've got to just stay here you know, continue to do our thing and be able to control those things that we can control. We can't control the rest of them. Those are going to fall as they may, but, you know, we've got to be able to be here in that moment and where we're at. Before we get to the next question, let's take a look at our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, two aces away from breaking the BYU career aces record. Now, Coach, I know it's all about the team goals, but how awesome would it be to get an individual record like that in a national championship game? Yeah, please. Oh, yeah, I don't I mean, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but <laughs> is it, Jerem, is, is, is two, like, if that's two happens, that's it? Two to pass, one to tie. So, uh, okay. Yeah. But, you know, and, and you look at all the matches he did miss out on, well, that's, that's, that's crazy. That's mind blowing, you know, because he'd be, he'd be well in in the lead. We all know that. He'd have 200. uh, Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's remarkable. We're lucky he's on our side and uh, you know, he went through a little stretch where he missed a few last night and that's just Gabby. We're okay with it. The guys don't say a word. They don't, they don't 
put down their head. They know he's going to come around and look how he came around offensively, physically down the stretch. He he took some big swings for us down at the uh, at the end of the match. Okay, let's finish with this. Certainly tomorrow night, it means a lot. We've talked about the stakes. This is the team you you beat in front of ten thousand people last year. You know, and, and the split in Honolulu. You've said throughout the season, and we've talked about this that you know um, your best is good enough. And it feels like you're playing for two years' worth, so it almost feels like there's a lot riding on this. Um, what's it going to be like tomorrow when you take the floor and try and do something really special in the history of BYU men's volleyball? Yeah, it's going to be amazing that we get to be a part of it. And uh, I tell the guys all the time that uh, we've got these got – the guys have these wristbands right here, you know, that uh, they're the lucky ones. You know, we're the lucky ones, man. Look at us. We get to play a sport at this level with each other. This group of guys look around us like, come on, it doesn't get any better than this. And uh, now here we are competing for a national championship. And uh, I, I firmly believe our best is good enough uh, no matter what, because I believe that our best is the best. And so that's what we're going to strive to do. And the guys are going to be focused on. And uh, it's going to be a great matchup. Are you OK after John Stanley tackled you in the locker room, by the way? <laughs> I t- hey, I tackled John. Come on, come on. <laughs> I took John down. I got a few. I got a few. I got a few blows in. I mean, John's just John's just John. We we love John, and he came in there and got after it. And then it was match point, and I'm like, ah, he's gonna take a little off, and he just zipped it in there, you know. And they 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 did side out, but it's just John, John and Will, their connection and the connection that the guys have towards John. It's just awesome. I thought that. He and there was a few others, you know, big time plays that turned things. But man, he went on a stretch there, got a dig in, in the end, and just he went, you know. And it's it's just it's John. It's so fun to watch a kid named John Stanley making plays in 2021 and in the 60s for BYU volleyball. Pretty cool. Okay, Sean, we appreciate the time. All the karma we could yes, possibly send yes. your way is is going to Columbus. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to make my way out there. I think it could be quite the night. So uh, best of luck tomorrow night against okay. White. Okay, thanks, guys. John Olmstead on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. He understands the stakes. Like, he was a player under Carl McGowan, early 2000s, where BYU won national championships. He's the Like, even when he was the women's coach, he would talk about, hey, here's what it takes to win a national championship. Let's go, let's go. And then he's been to two, now three. This is a huge yeah. moment in the history of the program tomorrow night. Look, and I love the fact that it's not being downplayed. You know what I mean? He gets it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, so many times. You can't act like it's a yes, regular exactly. game. Yes. Bronco. I, I love that you're not trying to put those types of restraints on it. Like, you realize the enormity and the opportunity that's ahead of you. I, I love it. Admi- By the way, did, did you, do you have a wristband? I don't. No, I need to get one. Yeah. You don't have one. I'm not on the inside like that. <laughs> I thought I was. I'm pretty sure if you said, hey, can I have a wristband, pretty, you would be able to get a wristband. I got the fruit snacks one match, though. That was nice. Fruit snacks. Yeah. Always, always nice. They're literally just fruit snacks they eat yes. during the match. Yes. Are they BYU <laughs> yes. brand? Yes. yes. Baseball them. has them. You've had them. I've had them. Baseball so not, has them in the dugout. Not as special as I thought. That's what we just learned. <laughs> yes. All right. Coming up, speaking of somebody who is special, Dilji Taylor, oh. she's going to join us from Eugene, Oregon. Oh, love it. And can BYU baseball keep winning? Six-game win streak now. Season high. And a big one last night at San Diego. We'll discuss in the whip. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. 
Well, BYU softball is at Santa Clara this weekend. The Cougars host Dixie State in a doubleheader on Monday at 4 and 6 p.m. Eastern time on the BYU TV app. He's Jason. I'm Jerem. This is BYU Sports Nation on a championship eve for men's volleyball. Let's whip it. Good whip around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most shipping problem. All right, Mickey Yahainen has now won the elite. Close enough. Yes, yeah, you say fast enough that you see you slowed me down, and we were just supposed to go past it. Uh, has now won the Elite 90 Award twice. What is that, you ask? That is awarded to the student athlete with the highest uh, cumulative GPA participating in the finals of each of the 90 NCAA championships. So it's a smart award. Yeah, you and I would know nothing would about not that. Know anything about this? So he's won this now twice. Have you ever done anything this impressive twice? No. Although in high school, I somehow convinced that my high school that I was the Sterling Scholar, even though my GPA and ACT were way lower than everybody else. You were a Sterling Scholar? Nobody else applied. That's, I'm convinced that happened. I went to regionals or whatever, and they looked at me like I was an idiot. Did you get your name mentioned like on KSL when it was they in announced the, newspaper. The, the Sterling Scholars? Yeah, I was in the uh, Tribune, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very exciting moment. Uh, look, I haven't done anything that cool, let alone once. Certainly twice. not twice. No, yeah. No. You've been in the dugout for a couple games. That's cool. <laughs> Uh, what's the best part of this Fessy Satake yearbook photo? All right, let's look the at Hill, this. The Hillcrest Huskies. The Hillcrest Huskies. Look at that. Oh, hair's looking good, dude. Look. Uh, bow tie. The bow tie. The tux. Here's what I'm going to say. So Fessy. Fessy has aged well. Oh, my gosh, yes. Fessy has aged very well. Wait, that wasn't taken yesterday? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Tasha Sebi uh, sent that in. She's a huge BYU basketball fan. She just realized she went to high school with Fessy. Look, there you go. So, yeah, that's what stands out to me is just how how well he has aged. Fessy's one of my favorite coaches at BYU. He's, he's great. He's just like, I just want to hang out with Fessy. All right, let's look at this tackle. Uh, does John Stanley have a future as a linebacker? Let's look at this. Give me a little play-by-play on this. Well, Sean Umstead told us in the locker room that, okay, John, John comes, tries yeah. to tackle Sean. Sean switches him around. Oh, yeah. Now, Sean is a huge MMA fan. I know this. So, he, he knows a bunch of moves. Then kind of gets a couple – Playful jabs into his uh, sternum, you know, there. So, John was taken to the hospital at... No, I'm just kidding. Like, um, you're always taking a risk when you try and tackle your coach. Oh, yeah. I Like, the man controls your playing time. Which coach would you tackle <laughs> the least? Mine is probably uh, Kalani Stucking. Just, I'm not... Look, just thick, dude. I you, can't, I can't you, knock him over. You know what I look like. I'm not tackling any of them. Why go to the gym at all? Baseball's on a six-game win streak. What finally clicked for the Cougs? All of the things, you know, not getting the, the hits with runners in scoring position, getting the two hat, all that stuff, it, it's happening now. All of the things earlier in the year that they were struggling with over this streak right now, and, and they're getting some power, getting the home runs, getting, I mean, everything's clicking right now. It's fantastic. Second best win of the season last night against league-leading San Diego. The best was when BYU won at 19th-ranked Texas. You were at that game. I did. I got called that one. To me, that to me, those are the top two wins of the season. Agree or disagree? Um, yeah, I think I would probably agree with that. Yeah, yeah I have no problem with that. Thank you. All right, coming up, a rise and shout out uh, to a team one game away from a national championship. You probably know who we're talking about. And Diljeet Taylor joins us from Eugene, Oregon, Tracktown, USA, Hayward Field. Lots going on. Top 10 marks going down every week. And Mother's Day weekend, of course, as well. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
Game two tonight for BYU Baseball on the road at San Diego. Listen on BYU Radio 107.9 FM locally as well as BYUCougars.com and the BYU Cougars app. BYU right now riding a six-game winning streak. That is a season high. And Greg's tweeting about baseball right now, uh, putting out all that information into the ether. So uh, check that out tonight. Very exciting. Dilji Taylor is the uh, women's cross-country coach and uh, track and field coach for the ladies as well and now joins us live from Eugene, Oregon, near Hayward Field, where tonight the Cougars will take on uh, all kinds of competition and tomorrow at the uh, heralded Hayward Field on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Dilji, welcome back to the program. Happy Mother's Day on Sunday, by the way. Thank you so much. Thank you. Happy to be here. Eugene, Oregon, Tracktown, USA, of course, second trip for uh, the team. Uh, what's it like to be back there at uh, that new facility? It just looks amazing. Yeah, it actually is an amazing facility. We're going to be coming back for the NCAA championship, so I think it's it's a good time to get the women back on the track again just to get familiar with it. It has some of the old Hayward feel, um, hopefully some of that same magic, but we're just we have a little tune-up meet tonight, so super excited about that. So you, you've got some people in Eugene, you've got others in Manhattan, Kansas. So give everybody a preview of what's going on over the next couple of days. So we have our sprinters and, and multi. Some of our athletes actually have decided to go to Kansas and our distance crew is here. We had some people at Weber on Monday, you know, with track and field, there's so many different event groups. So we're all kind of all over the country, but just trying to find meets, super excited to be competing again and we're not that far off from our championship portion of the season. So, so really looking forward to that. Top 10 teams on the men and women's side. This is something new in outdoor track where, yes, the team has been good, but to be in the top 10 is another level. So what has it taken to climb into that position this year? Guys, I think this has just been years in the making. You know, we've been building for a while and coming off of a really good indoor season, coming off strong cross-country seasons, not just – these previous seasons, but in the past years, and you're having everyone with extra eligibility coming back due to COVID. And I think you're just seeing student athletes that are really excited to compete and they've had a chance to really perfect their craft through COVID and just really grateful for the opportunity. We are very excited for this next month. Um, and we've been waiting for a long time to have this opportunity. Diljeet, let, let's stay on that uh, that line of questioning in terms of, of this year specifically. I mean, obviously, this this program just continues to churn out successful seasons and successful athletes. What has made this year's team specifically special? Wow, I think when you go through something similar to what we did with the pandemic. And I think you're seeing it in other sports as well, right? Like men's volleyball tomorrow night, they're playing for the natty. And those guys were in the same situation we were in when we got something kind of stripped away from us. And when that happens, you come back with a, with a different outlook. And I think that that is what you're seeing within this program is athletes who are grateful, coaches who are grateful, athletes who are refreshed and, and just chomping at the bit to compete. Um, and it's not just with our program. You're seeing that amongst programs all across the country is is who we became through the pandemic is really evident in, in how teams came out of it. And we're really fortunate because here at BYU, we, we did it the right way with great leadership. And I think that, that that's hats off to our administration uh, as they worked with us. But, but these athletes have, have been working for uh, where they're at right now for years. And, and it's just been years in the making. So it, it's not anything that happened in the last couple months, but you're seeing it come to fruition this season. 
Talking to Diljeet Taylor, a women's uh, cross-country and track and field coach from Eugene, Oregon, as the Cougars prepare for a meet at Hayward Field, the Hayward Twilight. Um, top tens are just going down every meet. Uh, it's, in, it's incredible in all kinds of categories. Are you expecting a top ten uh, record to go down every meet now like the rest of us? Yeah, I think, well, we're running some off events tonight, but you're still going to see some school records and some top 10 boards. Just, that's just the natural progression of what these women are doing every time they get out and compete. And same with our men's program as well. Actually, all of our event areas, I can speak on behalf of every event group. It is across the board. It's not just distance specific or sprints or jumpers, throwers. It's everybody. So uh, just a really well-rounded effort from all event groups, but Tonight, I think you'll see you'll see some more uh, top ten, maybe maybe another school record. Um, but I think that's just what it's going to look like for this next month. Oh, another school record! Do you want to hint at what uh, school record we might be talking about here? <laughs> well, I, I'm not going. I'm not going to put the cart before the horse. Ah. So you'll have to wait and see till tonight. Okay. Smart. Well, smart. Let, let's talk about the latest school record that went down, which was the steeplechase and Courtney Wayman. Her story is just incredible, and she continues to ravaged the records fifth fastest steeplechase in ncaa history uh you know earlier was it earlier this week or last week i mean what tell us about that performance that was unbelievable yeah we knew she was pretty fit you guys saw what she did in indoor right winning a 3k championship and then anchoring our dmr team so just a really great combination of speed and strength she hasn't had the opportunity to steeple in quite some time i think her last one was four years ago uh, I, I knew she was going to put together something special. 931 is absolutely a tremendous time for your first steeple and also doing it alone. She was alone in most of that race leading it. So uh, really good things for her and her future. Again, just an absolutely incredible time. She smashed our school record and, and that collegiate record isn't too far off with that 924 time. So you're going to continue to see some great things from Courtney Wayman this, this season. They're obviously individuals on this team that we hear a lot about what are some of the, the the great stories on this team and maybe even some stories that aren't necessarily getting talked about or publicized well, give, give us an idea of some of the storylines that are that you as coaches are aware of on this team so you know I think you do see the same faces quite a bit but it looks a little different this year because you're seeing um just from all areas, you're seeing somebody step up from, from my specific event group. I think after cross country won the title flow track had done an interview and asked like, who has outdoor eligibility? Like you have some people in indoor and you have some people that ran cross country. And, and my answer was everyone. And, and that is what you're seeing right now is I, I couldn't give you any storyline because everyone has stepped up. It's, it's the Anna camps who've been in the program for four years and the Sarah Musselmans that, that are running, you know, nation leading times. Um, but the depth, the depth is unreal right now. We have, we have a lot of depth and, and the freshmen coming in are doing some amazing things. So I think I, I couldn't give you just two or th- we'd be here all day and I don't want to capitalize on, on all of this time, but, um, this everyone, I will say everyone. That's kind of our motto this year. The answer is everyone. Well, and you touched on it there, but you've also mentioned it a couple of times in the interview already that things have been building towards this year. And from a coaching standpoint, how rewarding is it to be able to see that actually happen? Because I know that as a coach, you when you get these individuals into the program, especially early, you're trying to project what you think they can do, not just in year one, but down the road. 
to see it come to fruition and to see what this team has done with the time that they've been given, how rewarding is that as a coaching staff? It's the most rewarding thing. I think that this is why we do it. This is why we coach. You know, you don't always coach for the outcome. Some may. The outcome's great. Winning winning is phenomenal, right? There's nothing greater than that. However, when you're alongside these athletes for the journey, the journey is what makes that outcome feel uh, as incredible as it does. And and we've we've seen that journey with these women. Um, our, our athletes have sacrificed a lot to get to this point, and it's nice to see it all come together. For me, I'm incredibly uh, proud, super humble, and, and just in, extremely grateful to be their coach. And, and as they stand on the line, I'm very proud that I belong to them. So that those are my, my sentiments about that. Absolutely. Amen to that. And uh, let's finish with this. Obviously, uh, Mother's Day weekend. Tell us how you balance having sons and uh, being an active mom and working and balancing family life and all of that as we uh, celebrate the amazing mothers uh, in our lives. Well, I think being, you know, being a mom has been my greatest gift and you just compromise. It's all about, it's really not balance, right? I was always seeking that work-life balance that doesn't exist. I think it's just about making compromise, work-life compromise. And I'm excited. My kids love my team. You know, my team has kind of become family as well. And so they're excited to follow their success. And then I'll get to go home uh, tomorrow night and, and celebrate Mother's Day with the boys, which hasn't always happened in my career. So I'm, I'm extremely grateful that I'll get to be there on Sunday with those guys. Well done. That's awesome. Fun to see uh, pictures of you and your uh, sons. That's pretty cool. What are their names, by the way? Taj and Avi. Taj and Avi. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Okay, well, best of luck uh, at, in Manhattan, Kansas, and Eugene, Oregon with the teams. And uh, happy Mother's Day, Dil- Diljeet. Thanks so much. You guys know my tradition is always to bring a gift, but uh, I am not there, and I couldn't drop anything off. So I Venmoed. I Venmoed Spencer, and Spencer's not even on the you show You did this Spencer? Morning. So Spencer so- has my money. Is that what you're saying? Spencer has your lunch money, guys, so so enjoy lunch oh. on me. Oh, you're too nice. You're that too is nice. very we kind. We should be Venmoing you. But yeah. Spencer's like, why am I getting money from Dil G right now? <laughs> He's in Vegas. Yeah, He's he- probably blowing that right now. Shoot. <laughs> Yeah. Well, he's gonna he's gonna double down on that. So <laughs> yes, he will. Come back with more. It'll be gone. Okay, Diljeet, thank you. Okay, thanks so much, guys. Diljeet Taylor on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline. Desert First, you, you know go. why we show how. I'm texting Spencer. Text Spencer right. I'm texting right now. I am texting Spencer right now. <laughs> I'm oh, serious geez. about this. All right. Did okay. Coming up, the Dilgeet. elite voice of the day, plus the rise and shout out Venmo to the big performance money. and an even bigger win. <laughs> and will Spencer give us the money? This is BYU Sports Nation. All right, send. <laughs> <laughs> in BYU uh, history because of how good this program's been. But it's been 17 years, dude, since they won one. I'm very excited to watch this tomorrow night. Oh, yeah. This is going to be awesome. I, I'm, I'm Heavyweight excited. fight. Heavyweight fight, this, man. This may be one you get the food, maybe some, maybe some you wings. always have food. That is true. You're constantly I'm constantly anchoring. thinking about food, yes. as we've discussed in the breaks. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited for this one tomorrow. Okay, today's Rise and Shout-Out presented by Mountain American Credit Union, guiding you forward. Of course, men's volleyball, congratulations, getting to the natty. Let's finish the deal. And then what a night from Andrew Pintar. Yeah, Penny, unbelievable. Two home runs in the win over San Diego last night. None bigger than the two-run shot in the top of the 10th. Mm. They gave the Cougars the 6-4 lead and ultimately the 6-4 victory. He is on a tear right now.
And, of course, a rising shout-out to uh, all the mothers and amazing women in our lives. Shout-out to my mom, single mom, when I was 11 and made it work and, and uh, had three kids, so I know that was hard. And uh, we really appreciate the great moms and mothers out there uh, on Mother's Day. Certainly uh, would not be where we are today without our mothers. And then, generally speaking, just the amazing women's athletes, coaches, uh, you know, fans that we get to interact with at BYU, it's, a really, it's really special. Not everywhere is like this, um, so it's it's pretty awesome to see what BYU women's athletics has been doing, and this year in particular has been very special. What's what the top twenty five for like almost every sport? Yeah, this is uh, it's a good time to be a Cougar, without question. It's There's always a good time to be a Cougar, but especially right now. Baby. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay, our thanks to today's guest, Sean Olmstead and Dilji Taylor. Conversation continues twenty four seven on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use hashtag BYUSN. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time for Jason. I'm Jerem. Shout out to Mike Wall. We'll see you Monday for more BYUSN. And hopefully we're talking about a national championship for the men's volleyball team. 8 Eastern on ESPNU tomorrow night. Go Cougs! Still haven't got that money from Spencer yet. Oh, man.